Okay. Alright, we're recording. For technicality's sake, I'll ask again. Are you okay with this conversation being recorded? Absolutely. Yes. Awesome, thank you. I'll start with the basics then. Could you say your names and how you spell them? I'm not sure if, uh, I, I mean, I don't really know if that- My name is Drew Carter. D-R-E-W space C-A-R-T-E-R. But everyone normally just calls me Carter. I can assure you both no one will hear this recording but me. I just need it for accuracy's sake. We might end up not needing your statement once we get more detailed info. Alright, uh, my name is Aubrey Martin, spelled A-U-B-R-E-Y-M-A-R-T-I-N. Great. We can come up with a cool code name for you two later if we still need to keep you anonymous. Code name? Yeah. Like how the Watergate whistleblower was called Deep Throat. <laughs> really? That's so funny. Carter, please. I guess it is pretty funny. Anyway, you said you work as scientists for Pearl and Bush Pharmaceuticals, correct? Uh, yes, I've worked for Pearl and Bush for almost ten years now. I've worked there for five. From what I've been able to dig up, they've been in hot water before. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Would you like a drink? Yeah. Could you make me an Irish car bomb? I, I'm sorry? You know, like the cocktail. You just drop a shot into some beer. Sorry to disappoint, but we've really only got water, coffee. Could we maybe just have some water? I'll be right back then. Just wait here. Why are you being such a stick in the mud? Carter, this is serious. We could lose everything if P&B finds out. Well, I never liked working there anyway. Work for you is just watching YouTube at the front desk and leaving Cheetos dust everywhere. Either understand the gravity of the situation or leave. Your choice. You say that like you're so important. You spend most of the day at your computer, too. Yeah, working. Is everything alright? Yes, thanks. Thank you. Sure thing. Don't want your voices to get sore. So, like I said, they've been in trouble with the law before, but lawyers have always seemed to be able to pull them out of it. What makes this time any different? Um, well, you see, when, when you put it like that, I don't really know. Let me try from another angle, then. What does your position entail? What's the job normally like? Boring as hell. I just update Excel sheets all day. But that doesn't make full use of my talents. I'm a great multitasker. I'm an entrepreneur. I You have an Etsy page full of poorly drawn anime fan art. And? That's still art. I'm an artist. You just don't get it. Well, I'm part of the team involved with drug testing. P&B has been working on a new painkiller for a while now, and it's currently in phase two of clinical trials. You know, human testing. That's what I've been doing. That's why I called you, actually. I, uh... Everything seemed pretty routine. Until the side effects kicked in. I don't mean to cut in, but... Do you have any ibuprofen or something? My head feels like it's about to implode. It must be the weather. Here, there should be some in the office somewhere. Isn't that expected, though, for something to go wrong? Well, yes. We expect some kind of side effect to reveal itself in this stage, and adverse events do happen, but new drugs go through round after round of vigorous testing on everything from cells to animals before making it to humans. 
And what happened in those previous rounds? Nothing particularly exciting. None of the non-human subjects reacted strangely to the final product, so we figured everything was good to move forward. Not even animals? No, none of the animals seemed to have any issues. If anything, the dogs that we tested on seemed to be more energetic than before. I can't believe we still test on dogs. Disgusting. I mean, yes. So this side effect only began appearing in humans? That's right. Jesus, I really don't even know where to start with that. Why don't you walk me through the day you first noticed things going wrong? Okay, um, I was doing my rounds, checking in on the patients who had been dosed. Let me interrupt for just a moment. How many patients were involved? I'm talking about phase one now, so we had 50 subjects. Wait, you're saying something horrific happened in phase one and they continued with trials? Yes. Like I said, they're in phase two now with 150 subjects. Who were these subjects? People who underwent major surgery. Most were in their 30s, I think. Can you give me any names? Yeah, there's... No, I'm sorry, not, not of patients. That's just breaking HIPAA. I suppose that makes sense. Guess I'll have to do some more digging. Anyway, you can continue. Um, right. I, uh... I went to check up on the people who had taken a dose of the painkiller the day before. My first patient was a man who had just had his leg amputated after a car accident. I still feel really bad for him. From what I've heard about him, he loved running, ran something like eight marathons, and was out every day, rain or shine. Man was a lean, green, running machine. But anyway, when I walked in, he just glared at me. At first, I thought he was just in shock or pain or something. I told a nurse about it, and she ended up checking his vitals for me. Said she'd keep an eye on him until his next check-in. Well, later that day, I noticed that his expression never changed. He seemed to be staring at something, but there was nothing there. I called his name, tried to get him to look at me, waved my hand in front of his face. Nothing seemed to work. He just kept staring off into the distance. And then something seemed to change. He spoke, asked if he could get out. He would claw at his skin, the walls, anyone trying to help him. We didn't administer his next dose just in case, but nothing changed, so we decided to keep monitoring him. Did he receive any more doses? No, we removed him from the trial and reported what happened to him. Let me be clear, he wasn't on any other medications and he had never exhibited signs of mental illness before. From what I understand, he had just become a new person overnight after taking the painkiller. The last day he was in the hospital before they moved him, he just... He didn't seem human anymore. What do you mean, not human anymore? Yeah, it it's hard to describe, but everything about him seemed sharper. Like, he moved too quickly, too mechanically. Like, it was all automated, like there was no person inside anymore. I won't lie. I'm finding this a little hard to believe. You're saying that an experimental painkiller caused a man to devolve into some kind of machine? I know. I know it sounds far-fetched. I'm still listening. It's not my place to pass judgment. 
Did this happen to anyone else? That's the thing that has me so worried. If only one person began losing their mind due to this drug, it could be written off as a standard adverse event and we could look further into why that might have happened. Maybe he had some allergy to it or a mental condition we didn't previously know about. But it wasn't just him. It happened to almost half of the patients, and what's even stranger is that everyone who exhibited this... this madness, for lack of a better terms, experienced the same hallucinations. What did they hallucinate? Carter? You're getting kind of fidgety, you okay? Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. Just can't sit still. Alright, but if you need anything, just say so. I want you two to feel comfortable. So, as you were saying, Aubrey? The hallucinations weren't exactly the same for every single person, but just like that runner they all complained that they wanted to get out, they needed to get out. That's all they would say once the madness took hold. Let me out, I need to get out. God, that's horrifying. What happened to the other patients? You said it didn't affect all of them. Absolutely nothing. Basically, those patients just seemed to act normally. Said the pain went away after taking our meds. Well, a few of them did say they felt a little itchy, but that was it. Nothing more. Hmm. What I want to know is the intent behind this. You're leading me to assume P and B meant for something like this to happen. Uh, well, um, that's... I'll rephrase that. What motive could Pearl and Bush possibly have to harm people like this? Because it's... Carter? You alright there? Hey. Hey, it's alright. Just breathe. I'm sorry. I really have to go. Aubrey, wait. Just one more question, please. Goodbye. Shit. My head. It hurts. Carter, is everything okay? I need to get out. Can you let me out, please? I have a few more questions, if that's okay. I need to get out. Let me out. I... I don't know if that's such a good idea. You said your head hurts, right? Wait. Aubrey, what? Let me out. I don't think I can do that. Please. Why don't we sit back down? All right. Good. Now, let's just breathe for a month. Hey, is everything okay in there? We heard screaming. Let me out, please. Huh, the door's locked. Let me go find the key, I'll be right back. Voice recording number 72 was recorded at 2.15 p.m. on Thursday, the 27th of May, 2021. Witness Aubrey Martin has repeatedly refused to answer any of our questions but we suspect that she may have played a role in the death of 34-year-old reporter Reese Morgan. We know Morgan was interviewing both Martin and their co-worker Drew Carter. This recording is evidence of that. 
Anyway, Carter bounced by the time police arrived. Morgan's editor was there, but he died from wounds similar to Morgan's. Severe blunt trauma to the head and upper body areas. It's strange. The damage seems too severe to have been inflicted by a person of Carter's height and weight, even if he was in extremely good shape and he was using an office chair. But we haven't been able to find any other explanations for what happened. Unless Aubrey Martin speaks up, we may never know the full story. Voice recording number 72 is a film-based audio story created for Platform, a production company, LLC's second annual Fifth Wall Festival. The story was written by Alex Mark and directed by Hannah Eason. It features Harper Lee as Reese, Henry Hank McNeil as Carter and the Analyst, and Caitlin Hughes as Aubrey and the Editor. To see the entire Fifth Wall Festival, visit Platform's YouTube channel. And to learn more about Platform, check out their website, platformprodco.com, and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Platform is proud to have an open-door policy for any and all artists. If you are a creative with an original idea for Platform-specific art, send an email to opendoor at platformprodco.com. With a brief description of your project, to schedule a meeting with the platform team. Lastly, a huge thank you to all of you listening at home, and to Kieran Curley, Anthony Crutt, Harrison Lacey, the Behan family, Joseph Aversa, Callista Cannon, Daniel Feldman, Sophie McIntosh, Jed Cole, Colby Thompson, Jacob Nicewander, Kendrick Peterson, and Elliot Thomason for supporting our spring Kickstarter. This festival would not have happened without your help. Thank you, and take care.